0: Hey, companions. All right. I'm releasing this episode two days early. And for those that may be starting here, um, this episode is filled, absolutely filled with spoilers from the first whole series of episodes. Now, I don't know how you are about spoilers, but it's not something I would really want to jump into if I were you. But if you want to check if you're here for the first time and you want to check us out, You can start around episode 40, where our series recap is, and move forward. Or you can start from the very beginning, which is what I would suggest. But hey, to you normal companions, you that stick around, have been here for a while, and are caught up, as you know, I'm releasing this episode two days early. And I'm doing it for those that are traveling to Gen Con over the next couple days. There's a lot of people traveling from all over the place to Gen Con, and so I really wanted to give them a chance to listen to this while they were traveling. And also, if you're going d who plays astra and myself will be at GenCon con attending several events and checking out all the booths if you're listening to this and want to meet up just to say hello feel free just message us on any of the four orb social media accounts and we'll figure out a time and place to meet up all right here's the episode
1: Hi, I'm Matt Hendrick. I play Finch in The Four Orbs. I am a ranger and now
2: a little bit of rogue. Uh, Hello, I am Ryan Tomlinson, AKA Rytom. I play Felomir, the now tiefling warlock. Hi,
3: my name is uh, Ryan D. Adams, Nappy Award-nominated comedian, and I play the uh, uh, gnome bard, Dorith Fabe Grumman
4: Kyle.
5: Hi, I'm Deidre, or D. I play Astra Ferris, a human sorcerer slash newly found cleric.
6: Hi, I'm Steven Smith, and I play Keth, the jo-
0: oh, Keth the barbarian. He's a half-orc, and I'm Dave, your dungeon master. <laughs> It's the end of fall and first days of winter in the year 724 of the Fourth Age. The five of you trekked through blizzards and freezing winds, rescued Mithron from darkness just to be welcomed by Mother Nature with the start of the winter season. Though the natural winter in Mithron is not as tough as the previous darkness-covered Mithron, it is not the revitalized scene you have witnessed after defeating the Sisters of Salamandal in River's End. With the Academy of Planar Learning being locked behind you, you traverse down the side of the mountain back into the thick snow. With the sun shining down in the sky, you can hear the yells of the bumbling, mutated Grimlocks cowering into caves and in shadow throughout the city of Saravell. You continue forward with the warmth of the sun on your faces and the cold of the snow on your feet. On top of the mountain, you could see Yin in the distance, so Finch guides you the direction you must go to head back. After a day's journey heading back to Yen, the five of you stop for the night and begin to set camp.
3: So, Felomir!
0: Uh, y- yes,
2: Doroth?
3: I was wondering, you know, now that the darkness is cleared and peace has returned to the land, I'm just wondering, what are you gonna do with the Key of Kilnar?
2: Oh, well, I, I haven't really thought about that. I mean, it's a beautiful piece of jewelry, It is, yes. And
3: I've never struck you as a jewelry man.
2: Well, I I think I do intend to keep it. I mean, it holds quite a bit of sentimental value at this point. Oh, in that case, never mind. Were you going to ask me something else about it?
3: no, nothing. Are you sure? No,
2: nothing. If you say so. I was just wondering. Well, Felomir,
1: now that he brings up the key of Kilnar, it does kind of uh, make me think of some of the other things we've collected along this journey. And I've been thinking about this book of Vorin.
2: And I think the safest place might be in your library. Are you sure about that, Finch? I mean, what if something were to happen to me? At that point it would be inaccessible as far as I know. Well, right now it's just on me. Literally.
3: But I mean, should we have to remove it from your dead body, we could. But <laughs> should Felimir die, his library could not be accessed.
2: This is quite true. It is true. Mm. Is that a bad thing? Well, Well, not
5: necessarily.
2: That's a very good point too, Kath.
5: Yeah, what what does this book even do?
2: I don't think any of us are quite sure, but we know Velmir considered it of great importance.
5: Well, maybe it might be better off left unfound rather than in the wrong hands. So it's
3: obvious. We put the book in Velmir's library and we kill (laughs) Velmir.
5: It's a foolproof plan.
2: Now, <laughs> that's a little outrageous,
5: don't you think, Dorothy? Of
3: course, I'm just joshing you, whoever that is.
1: Well, you know they—they they were taking the orbs to try and harness some sort of power to open this book. Is this true? That's—that's that's scary. That something in here is more important to them than the orbs. The orbs
2: are a tool for them to get to this book. Yes, but in regards to my library, who knows if there's a way to access it after I die? I don't know how to do it, but. I mean, I didn't think we could access the arcane well until we got there, so it's quite possible.
3: Perhaps. Well, this is... mm, I don't know. I've never been a fan of destroying books. I mean, there aren't, but this is different, right?
2: I don't think destroying it is the answer right now. I think we need to find out more about it. Hmm. It's obviously important. Well, perhaps the
1: command or maybe even our old pal Chisholm Rizm might have some uh, information for us
3: Chisholm Rism. there's a name i haven't heard in a while i'd love to see what he's up to
1: you might have information on the your, your library book too if one of us could possibly ever open it upon you know worst case scenarios
2: i mean the chaos portal could take you anywhere the chaos portal maybe even my library
3: <laughs> everyone was so against the chaos portal earlier and now, all of a sudden, you're all on, on board. I Interesting. I don't know
1: that that was everyone getting on board, Doroth.
3: Well, I no, mean, I'm, just, I'm just spitballing here. <laughs> there was a time where we really could have indulged in the chaos portal, and you all shot me down.
5: Like when you guys indulged in the arcane cabinet in that one room? Where we you, never
3: um, found out what
5: Flighty McBitey was! Yeah, but how's your, how's your ear doing? Isn't that kind of a chaos portal? Allow me to prepare my response. I'm sorry. Did you hear me? Could you
3: hear me? I could hear you just fine. Thank you. But my ear was lost in another scenario completely. And I'm going to put my hands <laughs> like through my shirt <laughs> into the, the pouch. <laughs> this is what I gained, gained with the arcane cabinet.
5: And I'm going to pull so a flute gross. out of it. It's <laughs> <So laughs> I'm just going to look absolutely disgusted. But,
3: like, but wait, when I pull the flute out first, I have to like clean it off
5: with my yeah. shirt. Because it's all so like kind of like
3: slimy. mucus and shit on it. Uh. I,
5: I smile uh. grotesquely trying to be nice, but also I, I can't hide the disgust.
3: I'll play like three notes on my flute. <laughs> Do the thing
1: that like back. band gives you to blow the spit out first.
2: What you know about band? Well, speaking of, um, giving things away, I've been doing a lot of thinking since we left Saravale, and I would like to thank all of you for your assistance in my quest. It's meant quite a lot to me to be able to accomplish what I set out to do when I left Lithensis, and over the course of our journey, I've acquired a few items that I have been saving for research purposes, but I think they're better left in all of your hands and I'll pull out um I'll pull out my backpack and start rummaging through it and I will pull out the medallion of salamandel which I believe helps hide alignment or something like that. Yes, that's it. So give it something like that. Yeah. Um and I'm going to turn to Finch and say, "Finch, for you, I have a gift from Rivers End where we first met. Um it's a medallion of salamandel." And I'll hold it out for him. I'll uh, I'll reach out and take it and give a nod of gratitude say thank you. Based on uh, what I've learned from it, I believe it can hide w- someone's true purpose or intent. Um, I'm sure you will find that useful in some way. I'm sure I can figure something out.
1: Is there, is, <laughs> there's no way to turn it on. I just kind of do I have to wear it and then I just
2: it works? Well, I know you have to soulbind to it. Um, at that point, I'm sure its true purpose will, will be revealed. Okay. Do you know how to do that? I do, and I will show you. Uh, for you, Astra, I'll pull out the cloak, Jim, and I'll say, this is something that we got in Yen off the cloak. Um, it was what allowed him to uh, cast his spell over the entire crowd.
5: Oh, yeah. He had that on his um, staff.
2: Yes, um, and I would like you to have it.
5: Thanks. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get you anything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that's, that's fine.
5: But uh, thanks. It, you know, we were all part of this together, and, you know, I'm glad we could all come together and yes, accomplish I've, this.
2: Yes, I've noticed you've um, become quite proficient with the the Skull Smasher, as it's called.
5: Oh, yeah, that thing.
2: And um, it seems like this would be an appropriate addition to that.
5: Okay. Well, will you show me how to add that? Or uh, of course. Do whatever <laughs> needs to be done? Of course. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, for
2: you, Keth, I have this bracelet. Ooh. And I'll uh, reach for the bracelet that I found in the School of Planar Learning okay. um, to take it off. And it won't come off? Oh, no. <laughs> Pardon me. Excuse me. One moment. And I'll, like, turn my back to him and, like, yank <laughs> on it really hard. Yeah,
0: it won't come off.
2: <laughs> um, uh, yes. And I'll start, like, rummaging through my backpack again.
3: <laughs> for a ration. Here's two rations. <laughs>
2: and you I'll like to um, eat, right I'll pull out um a scroll of longstrider and a scroll of guiding bolt okay and be like uh you always seem to refer to me as a, a magic man yes well with these you can become a magic man of your own
3: <laughs> nice <laughs> Save, I'll, dude.
6: I'll take one of the, or I'll take the scrolls and I'll set one down and unfurl the other one in front of me and just kind of like turn it to the side and turn it upside down. <laughs> just trying to comprehend
2: what is on it. Oh, thanks. I enjoy. Yes. <laughs> the whole time I'm still like tugging on the bracelet, like <laughs> under my like robe.
5: I'm just nervously staring at Keth Like, um, uh, i I'll, I'll let you know when it's a good time to use those. (laughs) Okay. How about I hang on to those?
2: (laughs) And lastly for Doroth.
5: I want to be, like, bouncing up and
3: down with my hands clasped together. (laughs) Like, patiently waiting for my gift.
2: And I'll pull out the wand that I got off of the Mind Flayer. Okay. (gasps) And say, we've gone through a lot.
3: This we have.
2: Let me finish. We've... We've gone through uh, quite a lot together here in Mithron. You probably more so than anyone. And I feel like this is an appropriate gift for you, Doroth. This is the wand that I procured off of the Mind Flayer. Ooh! In the uh, the mines. And I feel like it would be good for you to have.
3: I'll hold both my hands out.
2: And I'll hand it to him.
3: I want to just, like, look at it. Nothing happens when I grab onto it, right? Nope. Okay, cool.
0: Unlike, uh, whenever, is, unlike whenever, unlike whenever Astro grabbed it.
3: Yeah, that's the thing, because <laughs> as soon as, yeah, as soon as I touch it, I, nothing happens. That's cool. And just kind of look at it for a little bit. And I was, I think I put the flute back, actually, never mind. But uh, I just want to be holding that in my hand the whole time, all, like, all of this is happening. <laughs> like, I'm just studying this wand now. Thank you.
2: Oh, no problem, Dorothy. You're welcome.
3: That sounded so weird coming out of my mouth. Have I never thanked you guys before? I mean, sure.
2: In your own way. Probably.
3: Well, look, look, right now, in front of the Guardians and everyone, thank you, each and every one of you, for being my most adoring fans. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so grateful, and I will put this to good use. And I'll just point the wand at Felomir.
2: Uh, and I'll like sort of like push it <laughs> away from my face. <laughs> and I'm sure you will, Doroth. And once again, thank all of you for what you have helped me accomplish. If there's anything that I can do,
0: I am in all of your debt. Just kind of so. nod at him. And after he gives out all the gifts, you, you're all kind of settling in for the night with your camp. But he goes over each item with you, and I'm going to summarize that for you as a DM. Uh, Doroth, the wand you receive requires soul binding, and it is a range of 60 feet, and it does 2d6 psychic damage. It's basically a level 5 psychic cantrip, basically. It, it gives you a ranged attack that I think you're missing.
3: Okay. So cool. it's
0: 2d6 psychic damaging wand. I guess we'll call it the. Uh... Oh, I gave it a name. Oh, did you? Oh, <laughs> I yeah. think I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. I just called it wand. Let me see if I actually did. Hold on. Because I mean, I can make it up. I got one in my head, but I want to hear uh, yours. No, say it. Say it. Wand of Mental Strife. Ooh. That's way better than whatever mine is. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Yeah, I just said Wand of the Mind flare. Okay. So yeah, Wand of Mental Strife. It's 2d6 psychic damage cantrip. Uh, Jeff, the scrolls you have are obviously spell scrolls. Um.
6: Can I? Yeah, I can't use. I have no idea. I
0: don't. I don't think I can. I don't think you can either. There are a (laughs) lot of mechanics. There are a lot of mechanics that we've never tested in D and D Five E that I still don't know how they work. Uh, Because like there was a spellcraft or a a used spell device or something like that. Use magic device in D and D Three Point Five. Yeah, I guess that's an Arcana check. I think so. So I would say you can use it with a successful Arcana check, but you might want to dispose disadvantage on yourself if uh, you feel that way but maybe Astra can train you how to use those two and then you won't have disadvantage. Well, I mean, they're they're one use, so... Yeah, but I mean, like, you can not use them, but she can, like, tell you what you need to do to use them and then you can have, gotcha. yeah. like, a normal check. Astra, the AoE gem, as I call it, uh, I guess we probably should give it a better name than that. The Cloak's gem.
2: Yeah, I call it the Cloak gem. Or Gem of the Cloak, something like that. Gem
0: of the Cloak.
5: Okay, look, make up your minds... <laughs>
0: Gem of the Cloak, that way... I think there's a lot of items like that throughout D&D modules where they just kind of name it after the person you find it on. It is a soul Soulbind required item, and it's really just kind of a clever item. You There's no real rule set to it. It's basically however clever you can be with it is how clever... or is what could happen. So say you wanted to cast Ray of Frost, but you wanted to use the AoE gem. Instead of targeting one you target multiple creatures. And there's no like set number to it, so we'll just play with it as it happens. Like if you want to use the gem, because there's no real rules to it and you don't know specifically how it works, so we could just make it up on the spot every time you want to use it. But it's one use per day. Uh, one thing I was wondering about it
2: was it works on any spell with a range other than self. Is that right?
0: Correct. Okay, so like a cure wounds or something? Correct. It could work on.
5: An AoE is area of effect?
0: Yes. I think I said that it like technically halves the range of a range spell or something like yeah. that. So if it's like a 60 feet range, it would be everything within 30 feet of you. Yeah. Okay. Half spell range. And then the uh, Amulet of Salamandl, uh, it hides your alignment. Though I think it could probably do more. You just don't know. It also requires soul binding. So on top of those four things y'all have received, well, soul scrolls, uh, does anyone have soul-binding items that we just want to go ahead and summarize real quick? I think, Felomir, you have your staff. Yes, I
2: have my staff and my library. And I have... I think that's it.
0: What about that thing on your wrist? Oh, I
2: have the ring, but I haven't soul bound it. Oh, the life
0: force ring. Yes. <laughs> Which you might be of level for that now. Uh, it's level four to six spells. Not yet. Oh, I thought you just got your first level four spell. Oh. Oh. Next level. Matt, you have the mini mining, the yes. mini mining mitt. That's that? right. Yeah, yeah. The mini mining mitt, which uh, is a light cantrip fa- flashlight in the palm, but also is mold earth, and you can use it twice a day. Mold earth.
3: Um, I have this time travel bracelet that we got. Um, that I know nothing about. Except the fact that it will reverse me in time, like, six seconds. Um, and, and kill me in the process.
0: Yeah. This is going to be one that's going to piss off Ryan Tomlinson. But even using identify, because it's a school of magic that is not known, it's... Uh, so we don't know? You don't know. Can't identify okay. it. All right. All right, that's fair. I mean, I it is, it's
3: It's soulbound. Like, so whatever it does, it's doing it. Yeah. But we just don't.
0: Um, And also the light that turned on after you used it is still on it went away after oh. a, re- a long rest okay Ooh. but you haven't used it again since so
3: but the the sundial is still up though I haven't put it back uh, down whenever,
0: whenever the light goes off it comes locked in its lower position so whenever uh, oh. you flip it it activates gotcha um, okay. So it's, until you until you flip it it does but it's also like a point coming off of the circle really easily so it's kind of haphazardly created. Hmm. So it might get knocked on accident. Fuck.
3: <laughs> Interesting.
0: <laughs> Is this one stuck on his wrist too? I mean, uh, he's it's, soul yeah, to it's soul it. Yeah, soul soulbound. But he can unsoulbind bind from it.
3: I, it just feels like something I would need for an important, like if I'd really need it. I mean, it, would it be went cold, back six seconds from what you could tell when you used it. Yeah, that's one combat turn. Like, if, if something... Never mind. <laughs> We'd have to talk about what's going on. Do you have head. any other
0: soul-bind items?
3: Uh, I have the wand that I just got.
0: So you had the wand and the watch.
6: Uh, I have the mace or the warhammer, but I've already soul-bound to it. Okay, so
0: just that one... You have that one thing that's soul-bound? Yeah. And then, so you have the gem,
5: Astra. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Oh, yeah. Soul-bound mace turning. Okay,
0: so that is a... Okay.
2: Um. Also, I'd... I'm pretty sure this is not soulbound but I do have that faulty teleportation ring. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely uh,
0: magical. But definitely magical <laughs> from what you can tell does not require soulbound. <laughs> <laughs> Just a side note, I do have it. Uh yeah, the faulty teleportation ring. So yeah, while you're after y'all you all get set with your magic items,
3: um I would like to uh walk up to Felomir. Felomir? Uh
2: y- yes, Doroth.
3: Uh you know, I was thinking about what you know what you did earlier and i felt embarrassed that i'd had nothing to offer you in in return
2: oh well that's that's fine i didn't expect anything
3: well n- uh, hold on the thing is i actually have something that i can offer you in return oh really would you like it
2: yeah yes i would love i would love it yes
3: you don't sound so sure what is it follow me i'm giving you a gift
2: yes. this never happens i would love it Dorothy, yes Thank you. And
3: I want to pull the Bullywug ring out of my bag.
2: Here. Um. Take it. It's yours. Uh, I appreciate it, Doroth, but we, you know we all have one, right?
3: You have two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, was, look, thank you.
3: Look, it was either this or the love letter. And I'm keeping that.
2: Thank you, Doroth. I appreciate it. And I'll take the ring okay. from his hand and I'll put it on. <laughs> Uh, the hand that my bully word
0: ring is not on. Um, it actually doesn't fit because <laughs> um, he's a gnome and you're not.
3: And I just want to be looking <laughs> up at him smiling. It's one of tried. those <laughs>
5: like stylish new knuckle rings. That, oh, yeah. Okay. Will it fit on Kids my pinky?
0: It'll fit past the first knuckle. On my pinky? Yeah. Which, well, what TV show is that? Oh, I was watching Letter Kenny and they were making a joke <laughs> about three knuckles. Because uh, you're technically only have two knuckles. Mm. And-
2: Third knuckle, <laughs> goddammit. it! I'll just slide it on my pinky as far as
0: it'll go. Okay, it goes past the very tip knuckle, the tip knuckle.
5: Gross. Tip knuckle. <laughs> knuckles are weird. Knuckle. Word. <laughs> uh,
2: thank you, Doris. I'm so glad you like it. I will treasure it always, and I'll, I will walk back to wherever I was.
3: You have that now. You have Bullywood Ring times, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the next morning, you begin your trek cycling camp after camp, night after night. But only four days into your journey, you return to Yin. Unlike whenever it took six days to find Saravail. Fasush, Avidlar, and Samuel the Farmer greet you on the western border on the face of a hill. Fasush says, You did it! And everyone knows it was you! She smiles as you hear the cheering of children. They run over the hill and down towards you. All of them the orphans from Asher and Cat's manor. They greet and hug and jump into all of your arms. Some of them accidentally tackle you due to you only being one pound, Dorith. Caitlin stands at the top of the hill looking down. She meets your gaze, Astra, and smiles holding a bouquet of filled flowers. You all walk to the top of the hill and look down into a meadow near facetious forest to see hundreds of yinions and the roar of the crowd as you come into their vision. You stare off into the distance and view what you can see of Yin from this hilltop to see that nothing else has changed about this place in the last two weeks. You can see the walls and tall buildings of New Calia across the river. Difka Kempa still stands, and you can faintly see that there is a crew working on the walls on the outside. Astra and Keth, you spot your manor on the lake. And Finch, you can see the Crimson Command Post and Tower. As you stare deeply, taking in this moment of peace... The tower of the Crimson Command post raises a flag of the Crimson Command. Thelamir, this is the first time you have been seen as a tiefling in front of people other than your close friends. So you hesitantly hold back on the other side of the hill, out of vision from the crowd. Avidlar walks over to you and says, You may have changed on the outside. The guardians know we have no idea what you went through. But we all know that what is inside your heart is good. And no one will judge you for that in the end. They all know the sacrifices the five of you made. He then walks to the group and stands next to Fasush. And as you look that way, you see her give you a soft smile. And as the five of you with your mentors and acquaintances walk down the hill, children gleefully throwing prestidigitation sparks and dancing lights around you, the hundreds of Yinians part ways and allow you to walk through, cheering you on and patting you on the back and you continue walking to the walled city of Yen on the south side of the river. Inside the city, a feast has been prepared in your honor in a grand hall, a party in celebration of your quest. The five of you are separated from each other as strangers approach and pull you away, thanking you for your efforts. Finch, amongst the crowd, you see your Crimson Command cadets holding back, waiting for their turn to come and greet you. And when the opportunity arrives, Lieutenant Connor walks in your direction and begins to raise his arms for a hug. But right before he does, Cadet Grun runs in first, hugging your waist from his Dwarven height. (laughs) Bork, Isley, and Billy Two-Shoes join in and circle around, laughing and patting you on the shoulder. You and your team find a table and continue chatting the rest of the night, with you leaving the other guests behind. And as the celebration gets a little wilder and the guests seem to be satisfied with greeting you, the guests over time slowly focus on each other instead of you. Felomir, you awkwardly stand in a corner and Finch notices that and he walks over and, pl- and places his hand on your shoulder. Asher and Keth walk up around that same time and then Doroth, feeling a little tipsy, you see them from the distance and you feel like you're missing out on a gathering. So you run over quickly to catch up.
3: What is up?
0: <laughs> you all look at this grand hall with over 500 people in it, feasting in your honor. You finally find a moment's peace in the madness. Like Finch's graduation, you find a small balcony to step out onto. Does anyone
2: have any Trinity Leaf? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm. I really. I'm just really anxious right now.
5: Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a amazing welcoming home, or to Yen, at least, mine and Cut's home. But um, yeah, a little overwhelming.
6: I'll uh, I'll pull out the Vappy Pan Winkle and uh the the pappy pappy
0: shit. What is it called? Uh, Vappy Wan Pink. Happy Wayne Happy It's That's- Vappy, Vappy is-
2: Pinkle. I think you yeah.
0: Had oh, it was Vappy. Okay. Vappy The Vappy.
6: And uh, I'll take a swig of it and just hand it over to Felomar.
3: I love this never ending bottle of liquor that we have. <laughs> I how, feel like how long have we been drinking on this liquor?
1: <laughs> all it takes is a sip. <laughs> yeah,
4: oh, uh, am I and that'll still, do you.
5: Um, under that, whatever. Oh, uh, you can't get drunk yet. Yeah, I can't get drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it hadn't been two weeks.
3: No.
2: Yeah, she needs that trend of like, Yeah, you can't like, get tr- <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll graciously accept the Vappy from Keth and take a swig and pass it around.
1: I'll take a small sip, pass.
5: I'll take a large sip <laughs> and then take another <laughs> and pass it around. And I'll just keep taking swigs and be like, why isn't this making me feel anything? <laughs>
3: I will grab it from her before she's like done. Like, you should slow down with I, this. I
5: feel fine though, I'm still anxious.
3: Oh yeah, oh, and I'm gonna drink <laughs> some. <laughs> it sucks to be you. I just shrug. I'll hand it back to Kath because I don't trust myself
6: with this. And at this point, it's probably almost empty, and I feel it's very fitting. So I'll just uh, I'll finish it off and just set the bottle down. All right, cool. Damn, oh end God. of an, an era. Yeah, this is nappy. That's all the way
0: back to like episode 32, I think. Fuck. <laughs> As soon as we
1: hit Mithron, we found it. Not too long.
0: I'm
2: going to take the bottle and put it in my library. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Because I'm sure even the bottle's worth some amount of money. Probably. <laughs> Just like real life. mm mm-hmm. um, uh, Well, I guess now begs the question, what What do we do from here?
3: Well, I assumed we would all stay here and wait until I've finished the, uh, the theater and, you know, watch whatever production I come up with, right? Uh, right. Uh. <laughs> Come on, guys.
6: Well, I was gonna stay here, so I'll I'll watch it. See. I mean, I live here now. I, I think,
1: I think even though I have a crimson command post here, it's it's maybe about time I report to Gamore. Finch. I, I mean, it would only be goodbye for a little while. I, I, maybe I could get back before your your show.
3: You are not going to push back the date of my production. I will not wait for you to return. You'll miss it, and you'll be sorry.
1: Will there not be uh, multiple showings?
3: No! There will be one, and it will be perfect, and you'll miss it over this, this.
1: Oh, yes, over this, and I'll just hold up both of the
2: orbs. (laughs) 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 Just hold the book by its spine and start shaking it.
3: Velmir falls out. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look,
3: we I killed Velmir. Who's going to mess with us?
1: That Mind Flayer who
3: was with him. Who left. Who made it out alive. He was with a team that we defeated. If he came at us alone, he would have no chance. I'm not afraid of the Mind Flayer. He will be the second one we've defeated on this journey.
6: What if he has another team? Or an army?
3: See, you guys are thinking negatively. I'm trying to thinking the positive. Look what we've done!
6: We're thinking realistically, Doroth. Yes, we still have things left to do.
3: Isn't that too big a word for you, Keth?
6: There is
1: still imbalance in the world, and our mission is to collect and protect the orbs. Or it's at least my mission, and I'm not giving up on it.
5: Well, you're able to hold the orbs. What do you think is best for them?
1: At this moment, I do not plan for them to leave my side. This book, however,
2: I am unsure of. Uh, Finch, I, w- I was thinking about what you said about the book. The Book of Vorn? Yes. And I understand that you may need to travel with the orbs for the Crimson Command, but perhaps it might be best to leave that book with me. Uh, there's no reason to have the lock and the keys in the same place.
1: Yes, definitely. I, I, I do not plan for the orbs to leave my side. And yes, I. this there's something about this book. And yeah, lock and key. I'm with you. I want to pull out
3: a, a notepad and write that down. That was a strangely poetic <laughs> line. That was, that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah,
0: He flowed it very well. Yeah, thank n- you. No
3: need to <laughs> yeah,
0: Just make that rhyme.
2: Um, I will keep it with me and see if there's any information I can find out about it. And I'll pull out the book and slowly hand it over to Felomir. I'll take it and... I guess just pocketed at this point. I'm not going to pull the library out.
3: <laughs> I like to picture that the music that's playing in a, in 2001, A Space Odyssey, when they showed the monolith. It's like <laughs> playing like when he pulls it out. It's so much evil.
2: Um, I, I wish you safe travels on your journey. Should I just meet you all back here? It,
1: it could take me up to three weeks just to get there, and I, I can't guarantee how much time I'll need to spend. In Gamora. so it, it would at least be
2: six to eight weeks, I think, before I can be back. Yes, and if, if it's going to be that long, we may as well hold up through winter, I would say. We've traveled through the snow long enough.
5: Yeah, I think that would be smart. Let us, you know, get our bearings before we go back out.
2: So what about the other two? The other two orbs? Yeah. Well, I think we will need to find them. As to where they would be, I couldn't say.
3: Who else is searching for the orbs? Why? Why put ourselves through this?
1: I think it's very safe to assume this mind flayer is probably out there looking for the other two now that we have them.
3: He ran away scared.
1: He ran away to survive.
2: He'll be back. Look, there are still quite a few imbalances in Aces. And they no doubt are involved with the orbs in some way.
3: Look, I think you guys are looking too hard at the negatives. We won! We extinguished
5: the evil. We can live our lives. We won this small battle, but overall, there is a war. In the world of Asus, there is an imbalance. And if we don't control the overall imbalance, then, I mean, we can't just solve one imbalance and hope that that saves the world.
3: I, for one, do not accept that as my responsibility.
5: Well, it's not. You don't have to be a part of this if you don't want to, but... As we've started this journey, we, I mean, at least I'll speak for myself to say it's, you know, I feel like we should finish it.
6: I agree. And if we don't, and they fall into the wrong hands, then there will be no more productions for you.
2: Doroth, you can't really believe if we stay here with these orbs in this book, that something will not come looking for them. Well,
3: whatever is looking for the orbs, I'm 100% certain that it is not nearly as scary as Velmere was. And we defeated him. I defeated him.
2: I wouldn't be so sure about that, Doroth.
3: Well, you're not me.
5: And I'm sure. Uh, well, I will I think I'll be here for your show. I'm, I've, I I'm. was planning on going to see Caitlin, and, you know, maybe teaching some classes.
3: Thank you, Astra. Of course. And I'm going to turn back to you your biggest Fitch.
5: fans. Oh. <gasps>
3: I'll turn back to Astro. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else you need, Finch. What will you do?
1: Well, I, like I said, I I, I'll, I, may, I may stay the night and maybe a night or two at first, but I do think I, I, owe, a, I owe a visit to Gamora.
5: <sighs> Fine. Where are we going also? what's Where's the next trip? Ah, uh, yes. Where's our next excursion?
1: Well, this book has given out some vibes. Is there any lead for that? I don't have any as of yet. Okay, well, we, we still need at least two more orbs.
2: Uh, do we know of any imbalances? Uh, there are the few that I heard from Remora. Uh, well, there's the, the ancient civilization of Ladrelden, but I don't know where to begin on that point. Um, And then there's the island of Leron. With the constructs?
6: And as he says that, I'll just kind of like stiffen up.
2: Leron? Uh, yes. Remora said that there was an imbalance of life there in regards to the constructs. Then we should go there.
6: I have unfinished business in Leron.
5: I'm just gonna put my hand on Keth's shoulder.
6: Uh, are you alright, Keth? Yeah. I'm fine.
5: You don't seem
3: fine.
6: My, my sister was taken from me long ago. <sighs> well, we were both taken, we were sold by slavers. The- pirates of Loran,
3: and you think she may still be there
6: i don't know but if she is i'll find her and if she's not i'll kill every one of those pirates on that Uh, island
3: okay 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 that is a lot
5: Um, uh, uh, should we go there?
0: Asher, you feel his shoulders a little hot. Yeah,
5: just trembling beneath my hand. So so Uh, what?
1: What's up with Legeldon? What? Why? why, Where? Where is it? Why don't you know anything else about it? Are
5: you gelling? Because I'm gelling.
2: Legeldon,
1: splice that in, Dave.
2: Um. Well, I've heard the tales and stories, you know, of the old dwarven civilization that. Mysteriously vanished. Remora seemed to say that there was something more to that story. Whenever I spoke with him, but he didn't give any details or anything else that would lead me to suggest it's an urgent destination.
3: Isn't that where they produce the uh, the what do you call them the uh, constructs? Uh, that's Laron. Leron, sorry, you know I'm I'm a little tipsy.
2: Uh, it's fine, but yes, the constructs are in Laron. Uh, and we know where Laron is, so that's a plus. And Keth, if you have business there then I would love to assist you with it. I'd love to find out more about PVAC too. Yes, there is always PVAC. I'll give him like a little shifty eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would, I'm sure there's more information about him there as well. Uh, perhaps we should head to Laron after the winter.
3: I am just glad that no one is putting any more credence on this book. The book is fine. We've defeated the evil. There's nothing to worry about there.
2: Sure, Doroth. if if you say so.
3: I have said so. Yes, you have. Thank
4: you.
5: I'm going to take slowly take my hand off of Keth's shoulder and just nod at him. I'm with you.
6: Thank you, Astra.
2: Yes, I'm with you as well. I'm not at him. Um, well, I say once winter is over, we should find somewhere to depart from. Uh, when I first came to Solaria, I uh, did so on a boat uh, that docked in Dowlin Harbor. Um, perhaps we can find passage to Leron there. I am familiar with this harbor. Uh, so shall we meet in this harbor at the end of winter? That, that sounds great to me. D- you said Dowlin
1: Harbor? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, um, I'm not sure that I know exactly where it is, but I- I'm
2: positive that I can get directions in Gamor. Yes, it's relatively close to Gamor. Perfect. Uh, just a few days travel northwest. Perfect. We're all staying
6: here, right? The, the four of us.
5: Yeah, I guess we'll the four of us will journey together and meet up with Finch.
4: Well,
3: uh I I don't know, I was kind of planning to go back to college for a little bit.
5: But what about your production? There's
3: a whole theater to build.
5: I'm not a builder, I'm a writer. I'm a performer. I have to I have to work on my craft. Okay. I'll yeah. be back. I'll be back. I mean, you have all the time in the world. It'll be done. I don't. I was just looking forward to a show. There will be a show. I'll just gaze off in the distance. Look, no, look, you look at
3: me. There will be a much better show than you could even possibly imagine.
5: You know, something you can take the kids to, take the entire orphanage and all
3: the teachers. There will be a show. Mark my words, there will be a show. I will be there and I will be back in time to put on a production. I'm pretty sure that's not
2: true. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's gonna like take three weeks to get there and three weeks to get back.
2: Well, I for one will be here anxiously awaiting it, Dorth.
3: Thank you. I just have, you know, things to take care of as an, as an artist. All I ask is that you, you respect my, my artistic expression.
5: That's not a lot to ask. We we support you, Doris. Thank you. You're
2: welcome.
3: Thank you, Astra.
5: You're welcome.
2: I already said I would be anxiously awaiting.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Felomir.
2: I'll I'll
6: be at all your plays, little buddy, and I'll reach out and 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 pat him on the shoulder.
3: Thank you. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> Kath. Um.
1: I'll... I'll get down on, like, I'll take, like, a step closer to him, and I'm going to get down on a knee.
3: Oh, you got a patron I'm gonna I'm going
1: gonna, I'm <laughs> okay. to try and put a hand on his shoulder and be like, Doroth, I'm sorry I won't be here for it, but I want you to know you are, indeed, the greatest artist I've ever known.
3: <laughs> you wipe away a tear, that drunk tear. That's, that's the sweetest thing anyone's ever said to me. And I'm going to
1: pull
0: him in for a hug with that arm, too, and then I'll stand up. The five of you stealthily dismiss yourselves from the party and head to your homes in Yen for some much-needed rest. Hey again, companions! Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. It's a long one, I know, but it's the first time back with our adventurers in a long time so it feels right to give you a longer episode. I'll start this mid-roll off by saying that those of you who are not supporters of our Patreon yet don't know that I released the first half of this episode last Thursday. I'm going to aim to do big releases on our Patreon feed in the future instead of those small sneak peek episodes. So hopefully life won't get in my way so that I can actually do that on the off weeks. But usually I'm going to aim to do a full half of the episode on our Patreon for those that are donating $3 or more on our Patreon. And also, we are so close to meeting our first Patreon goal. I've actually come up with the second goal that we'll ever go for, but I can't launch that until we meet the first goal. So if you haven't yet and you've been wanting to donate to our Patreon feed, go subscribe. We would really appreciate it. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Dee and I are attending Gen Con this year. So if you see us, make sure to say hello. We're not celebrities or anything, so there's no reason to treat us weirdly. We're just normal, awkward people like you. So. Come awkwardly say hello, and we'll awkwardly say hello back. But if you haven't heard, Apple Podcasts has revamped their category system. We lost some rank in the Apple charts because of resets on those categories. Now, those of you who have dropped us a review, thank you so much. But those who haven't, now is a great time to drop us that review if you have been meaning to. It could really help get us up in those charts so that more, more eyes are seeing who we are. If you're thinking, well, I don't have an Apple device, so I can't. Well, don't fret. If you have a computer, you can. Just Google how to review a podcast from your desktop and it'll show you the way. Has something to do with iTunes. Actually, I've never done it, so I don't know how it works and that's why I'm telling you to Google it. But I know people do it all the time. All right, I'll leave you alone for now. Let's get back to the episode after our promo from our friends, the Lovely Craftians.
5: It is absolutely necessary for the peace and safety of mankind that some of Earth's dark, dead corners and unplumbed depths be let alone, lest sleeping abnormalities wake to resurgent life, to newer and wider conquests. H.P. Lovecraft. But what if the worst should happen, and these words go unheeded? The darkness deepens, but you'll find you're not alone with the Lovely Craftians, a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast, available at lovelycraftianspodcast.com or your favorite podcasting app. We all roll for sanity together here.
0: Astra. When the next day comes, you wake up to daylight peering into your bedroom through some curtains. You lay in bed for a while playing with Ostrich as he follows your hand on the bed playing a game of chase. But when you finally stand up from your bed, you take a look at your armor resting in the corner. It doesn't feel like today you need to don that armor or carry the mace that Keth trained you with. You throw on some loose-fitting garments and walk downstairs. It is quiet in the manor. You don't even hear Keth snoring like you used to. And just when you think you are going to go check his room, little Timothy, named after Patreon supporter Timothy Stewart, rushes in from another room to you at the bottom of the stairs.
5: Miss Astra! Something's happened! Uh, what's going on? I... I, I was practicing my ray of frost, like you taught me, with Rosie. And she's talking funny now. Uh-oh. Oh, okay, let me go check on it. Maybe some wild magic occurred. Let's, let's go make sure Rosie's okay.
0: He guides you quickly outside to the target area y'all set up outside the house so that you can train with mannequins. And the mannequin that he's been shooting at is covered in ice. And over at the shooting area... You see Rosie jumping up and down furiously while screaming, but she can't hear. Her. Pink bubbles are floating out of her mouth, and she is silent.
5: Does she look harmed at all? No, she, she just, just looks, looks mad. frustrated. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to to look down at Timothy and give a a little smile and just pat him on the shoulder. I have a this. This has happened to me before. Um, what do we do? It, it's okay. It it will wear off. I'll get Rosie and we'll go settle down in the house and um, it'll pass. Aw, <laughs> oh, thanks, Miss
0: Astra. I guess I gotta be careful with how close people are to me when I'm practicing my magics.
5: Yeah, it looks like you, you really got that mannequin, but just be careful when others are around that, you know, things can happen. And that's probably one of the best things that could have happened to Rosie.
0: <laughs> you walk over and you guide Rosie into the house. And as you're walking towards the house, you see Caitlin at the top of the hill and she looks like she'd like to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Keth, you didn't sleep very well. Before sunrise, you put on your gear and headed out of the manor. You stroll around the riverside area of Yin and walk past the Crimson Command Post of Finch's. The Elven cadet Izly waves at you from atop the wooden watchtower as you walk by. You head to the bridge of champions as the sun finally peaks from the horizon, on your way to the arena training grounds. You take a moment and look at the statue that was erected for your accomplishments in the arena and becoming Yin's champion. And as you walk down Yin's entrance attached to the bridge to the hanging metal framed arena, you find yourself alone in the training pits. You spar with some mannequins, both with weapons and fists. And an hour or so into your self-training, you hear approaching footsteps, stomps even. You turn around and look, and it's, it's normal practice for uh, fighters to stomp on whenever they walk into the training grounds so you don't get surprised and maybe attack somebody. And as you look around, you see the presence of a young human man named Leo, who you have sparred with on occasion. Before you left to go back into the darkness, he had never fought in the arena. Ah, Keth! I heard you were back. Sorry I wasn't there to greet you. Got distracted with some training with others. You seem to be punishing our equipment. You alright, Champion? I'm fine, Leo. How, how have you been? I'm, I'm doing good. But, um, I could use some more training with you. My first fight is in two days. Hoping to win some money for my family, you know? The first one, huh? Yeah. The Cloak's crew had kind of an effect on us. He and his gang might be dead, but we're still out of money that we gave him. Yes, I will help you train. All right, let's do this. Sword and shield first? Sure. Finch, you wake up to the pleasant smell of cooked food. You never realize how deprived you feel from just eating good berries until that smell of cooked food hits. You open up your bedroom door shirtless with some pantaloons on that you were sleeping in and walk into the kitchen to find Groom Donson, again, named for the Apple podcast reviewer and podcast buddy Drew Johnson from You Simply Must, cooking up a frenzy of scrambled eggs, bacon, and cheese toast. He's so focused on his cooking, he didn't even hear you walk in.
1: Um, I'll kind of walk up behind him and tap him on one shoulder, but be standing on the other side.
0: Oh? Huh? And he like turns quickly to the to where you are. I'm sorry,
3: y'all missed that. As soon as like one y'all grunted,
5: Stretch also grunted. grunted.
3: <laughs> and it was perfect.
0: Huh? You're the, what? Oh, Finch, you got me. Smells good, good, old buddy. Yeah. Oh, well what's on your agenda today? We uh I'm cooking up this breakfast for everybody. Well,
1: I I may I'll definitely have breakfast with you guys. I'd like to catch up and, uh, you know, see what kind of reports you have, what's been going on. But I believe my next destination is Gomor. I need to go to the command center. I need to, I need to talk with Captain Gate and some of the higher-ranked men.
0: Yeah, we assumed you'd be heading to Gomor. Lieutenant Connor should be back soon from the stables. He got you a horse and, and packed up some traveling gear. If you don't mind me asking, though, I don't, I don't want to pry. What, what happened to your eye? I can't imagine what you saw in the darkness, but. Something real rough must have taken that from the best archer I've ever seen. Well,
1: well, thank you, and thank, uh, thank the Guardians that it, it took the, uh, the left eye and not my right, so that I can keep that arching. But, uh, well, believe it or not, there was some portal, and for some reason, we all decided to go into it. A well, portal? The portal just took your eye like that? There was something in control of this portal. As soon as I went in... I was floating in darkness. There was a feeling of evil. It told me that the only way I could leave is if I cut my eye out or else prepare for eternal slumber. Oh! I I waited for what I believe to be, at the least, 24 hours, an an entire day, and nothing had happened. Uh, You know, one, one of my Party members had gone in before me and had almost the exact same experience, so kind of had an idea of what I needed to do. So,
0: you cut your own eye out.
1: As soon as I had made the decision to do it and brought the knife to my face, I was outside of the portal and missing my eye. Oh! And I'll even kind of like I'll lift up the my little. Oh! Uh,
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll put it back. And I'm like, yeah.
0: And after Gruen talks to you for a while as he cooks, eventually the other cadets make way to the dining area, and you all sit and eat breakfast together. Halfway through the mill, Lieutenant Connor walks in, walks in and nods to you. The six of you eat your breakfast, and then Connor walks you outside. He says, Alright. Her name's Honor. We didn't know if you'd be coming back, but for all you did for us, we got you this horse. Took some simple task around the city, but everyone pitched in. And as he says that, you notice the other four members of your post have walked out.
1: I'll kind of like look at the horse and turn rack back around. Is Isley part of all that too? Yeah. Okay. Members, this, this, this means the world to me. I, can, I cannot thank you enough and just thank you so much. And I'll kind
0: of, I'm going to embrace all of them. Okay. Yeah, they, they each embrace you. And then you saddle up on your horse and rock back and forth on the saddle to get a little comfortable and you check your belongings and confirm the orbs are on you. And they all do the Crimson Command salute, clicking their heels together with toes pointed out in a V, throwing their left arm straight along their side and bringing their right arm up to their chest with a closed fist over their heart. Um, I will uh,
1: make the same closed fist over my heart, give them uh, one last nod, and then I'll whistle and kick my heels on the horse and get to moving. As you head
0: east out of Yen, no path to follow, honor your horse, finds footing and rhythm dealing with the two-foot-thick snow, and you head to (laughs) Gomorrah. Felomir, you slept in for quite a while in your small cottage. You wake around noon without an immediate agenda. As you waste away the day eating an abundance of food and casually napping, You open up your personal library and take a look inside, trying to spark interest in reading something. Inside, though, you find a rather curious book that you do not remember collecting. It is called The Arcane Code. Oh,
2: this looks nice. I'll pull it off the shelf and uh, close up the library and just
0: crawl back in bed. Okay. You pull it from the shelf in your library and sit down on the bed in your cottage. You take the time to read it for a while, and the synopsis of the book is that of a strict set of rules and guidelines of casters practicing in the arcane. As you skim through the book, it appears that the book is severely dated, and you have never heard of such a thing. Eventually, you find in the back of the text that it is dated back to 1186 2A of the Second Age. The book, however, looks like it was freshly written. There is no fade to the ink or bend to the pages. Well, this looks strange as I'm eating a
2: piece of jerky that I have on my nightstand. Just
3: <laughs> have a pile of jerky on your nightstand?
2: Yeah. Not even in a bag or anything, <laughs> just a pile of dried meat. You're a
4: slob now! <laughs>
2: yeah, like, I, for real, like, every meal I've eaten
0: in the past two weeks or however long it's been has been in the bed. Wow. <laughs> Distracted by the age of the book, you take a moment to look back down. A set of initials is written in the bottom right of the final page signed. KMR, and it has almost a logo style. Oh, KMR! I've never heard
2: of that one. I'll uh, have to make a note of it, and I'll pull out a parchment, piece of parchment, and jot it down for right. future reference.
0: Doroth, you wake up in a small room in Kempa after drinking quite a bit of that Vapu and You don't remember exactly how you got here to this little cot, but you're here and that's what's important. You walk out of this green room style area and onto the stage. You rub your eyes at the afternoon light and look out into the stadium. Your amphitheater looks amazing. The chipped stone has been refurbished, a fine wooden framing has been added as a layer on the seating, sconces have been added with a magical presence of permanent lighting, at the top of the gallery, you see three bars for refreshments to be served out of. It is a spectacle to behold, and as you slowly walk to the top, you see a small copper plaque has been embedded into the wall that says, In memory of those lost, the Doroth Fabe Gromand Kyle Memorial Performance Arts Theater has been refurbished to its former glory, paid for by King the IV of the Great Rodana. <sighs>
3: It's so beautiful! King Maselion! I'll have to pay him a visit!
0: Finch! Before arriving to Gamor, you find yourself camping near a small forest. A couple of sparrows land near your campsite, and Pivac flies over to them. You see them play in the vicinity, chasing each other and chirping while Pivac runs through his programmed words in response to the sparrows. Eventually, the sparrows head off towards the forest, and Pivac is about to chase. But then he stops about 100 feet away and watches as they head into the wood. He then looks back at you. What is it, boy? No. Um,
1: can I grab the, uh, like the reins of my horse and start to try and walk into the forest? See if he wants to...
0: I'm like, go play. We'll come. You walk on her towards the wood and Pivak flies ahead, catching up to the sparrows. You get a little deep into the forest following Pivak before finding a meadow that the three birds have landed in. The canopy is open above you in an almost perfect circle, bathing you in sunlight. The soft clovers in the area make for a nice natural bedding, and you lay down watching Pivak above. You think to yourself,
1: What is is going on? Where where am I going to find the other orbs? More importantly, who am I? Who is Peevac? If I have like a little satchel of nails or any scrap metal, I'll probably just kind of toss one as I'm sitting there thinking all this stuff to you.
0: He flies over and catches it out of the air. What am I going to do about these orbs?
4: Oh, God.
0: Astra. Over the course of a couple of days, you and Caitlin, who is named after Patreon supporter Caitlin Lindbergh of the Adventures in Aurelio podcast, discuss what you are willing to tell of what happened in the darkness. Would there be anything you wouldn't want to tell her?
5: I don't think so.
3: Would you tell her about what happened with Keth? Hmm. I
5: guess that's a good question, but I still trust Keth as a person. As long as he doesn't die again. <laughs> Or almost die
0: so you would tell him tell her about kath
3: like do you think that is information that you would want just any person to
5: have i would say i trust caitlin so the fact that assuming kath is going to be helping me around the school while we're in yin i think it would be helpful for at least one person that i trust to have that information especially if he's going to be helping kids okay
0: So after a couple of days, the two of you are sitting on a swinging bench on your manor's lower porch, watching the orphans play on the lakeside. So you're cursed, according to that scrying room? Do you have any clue how or why you're cursed?
5: I can probably think of why, but I don't know how. I mean, I stole oitrets, or saved oistretsch from the sorcerer I was apprenticing under, um, and she wasn't happy that either of us were leaving, so I, I guess that's why she cursed me, but I don't know what what she did.
0: What about your visions of Heltron and Humerun? Do you think they had any significance to you?
5: Maybe not significance to me, but I think it's significant to the people that I'm with in some way. Uh, you know, seems like it, it led our party on the right path.
0: Is there like a specific person
5: in the party that you think it had significance to? Honestly, I, th- I think Finch might be somehow related to Himeran and Heltrone. I don't, I don't know how, but you know, like I was telling you when we were in the, when we were in the scrying room, uh, Finch had a, a vision that of a woman that he didn't know uh, almost as if he'd doesn't know who his true mother is, um, so we might be med- led to believe that that his mother might be Hameran.
0: Huh. Well, did you take any time to reflect on the Guardians, or do you have any significant link, you think, to any of them with your new powers?
5: Um, not right now. I mean, obviously, while we were there, um, you know, I felt a connection, or at least I got a vision. Of Heltron and Hameron, but I don't—I don't think recently I've had any connections, or at least I haven't yet.
0: Hmm. Well, I think I'm kind of concerned, though. That story of Keth is kind of frightening. Do you think he is taking it well? I haven't seen him for a couple days now.
5: Yeah, it. I think he needs some time to kind of reflect on his own. Um, you know, we've been together. All this time, and I—I I think he needs to do some soul searching himself to kind of figure out how he feels about it before, you know, really talking about it openly with others. Which I understand. I—that's kind of a huge thing to find out about yourself. So I would—I would like to support him.
0: He's supposed to fight Rodana's new champion tonight. Do you plan to go watch?
5: Yeah, I—I th- I feel like if. If anybody should be there, it should be me, you know, just in case anything happens. You know, I I haven't shared this information with anyone but you, Caitlin. Um, and I, f- I would feel personally responsible if something happened in the arena. Um, and maybe I could help if anything happened, as well as you, if you decided to go.
0: Well, I, I don't think I can go myself. It, it's late in the afternoon, though, so I'm going to go ahead and begin preparing dini- dinner for tonight. I'm going to get the kids ready and have them go to bed. You go ahead and take off if you're going to go check out the arena. It should be starting in a few hours.
5: Okay. It was nice catching up with you. And and please, I I trust you. I I tell you this about Keth competence.
0: I won't tell anybody. We just it's good to know in case something happens.
3: Right. I love the fact that Keth is basically on the sex offender registry. <laughs> I feel like he just have to be careful if he's gonna be around kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The arena is wild. Every seat is filled, and they have all shown up for just two events. Leo fights the quick and nimble Rodanian veteran fighter, Fleetfoot Fred before you take on the new Rodanian champion, Tidal Wave Dan.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I love
3: these gimmicks, man.
5: Yeah, why not Keith the Giant Killer, Dave? (laughs) The the trash man. (laughs) What about Wave Break Dan?
0: Leo looks very nervous standing at the gate and looks over to you.
6: Stand up straight, Leo. Be confident in yourself.
0: You see him kind of throw his shoulders back and nod at you. And then before the gate rises, King Masellion IV, who has not attended an arena fight before, walks in on his seating platform. He then walks to the edge and he raises his hands to the crowd as they dampen their volume. The yin Council, who also never attends, sits in their reserved seating quiet. King Masellion speaks up. I, King Masellion, declare the series of events to be the final fight between Rodana and Yin. Over centuries, we have found peace amongst each other. Using this arena as a deterrent no longer. The people of New Kalia are preparing a journey. We leave the territory of Mithron to head back to our homeland, where I will take my true throne. In honor of these final fights, our fighters on both sides will be fighting to the death. The crowd goes nuts. Leo looks to you, Kat, absolutely terrified. Shit.
3: (laughs) You're the dad. Be the dad.
2: Rest in peace, Leo. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'll
6: walk over to him and put my hand on his shoulder and say, uh, just take a deep breath, Leo, and remember what I taught you. He's fast. Wait for your opening and then strike.
0: Yeah, yeah. Use the shield keep the shield in front in between us yeah exactly yeah. the gate rises for Leo to enter the arena and an announcer begins to introduce him he turns and looks at you one last time what you did not know was this was the last time you would see the life in his eyes
3: <laughs>
0: shit we all knew that
3: <laughs> I had a hope though
0: As they drag his bloodied body back into your tunnel, you hear the announcement of Tidal Wave Dan and the Rodanian crowd cheering. And when they announce your name as champion of Yen, the gate opens. Do you walk out? Oh,
6: man. All right. So I I picture myself like as he's being dragged through the arena, I'm just kind of sitting with my head down, just looking at the ground. And I'll just kind of slowly stand up and
0: walk out alright, you walk out into the arena and the Yin -yin crowd cheers you look around and you see Doroth on the edge what's your demeanor Doroth after watching that boy just get slaughtered and Keth walking out into the arena fighting uh, to the death
3: okay, assuming those two things are not happening at the same time because I would be absolutely disgusted with what I just saw because Doroth does not usually hang out at the The arena because this is too much for him. He's here because, I mean, Keth, you you gotta support Keth. So, you know, he's probably like trying to hold down puke from seeing what he just saw, but Keth comes out and maybe.
0: Okay. Some claps. So, like some quick golf claps. Yeah. All right.
3: Or as, you know, he's got small hands, small (laughs) appendages. (laughs) Anything he does is quick.
0: Like a hummingbird. Yeah. You also find Astra in the crowd. What's your demeanor, Astra?
5: Okay, my first question. Um, When we were in Yen before, is this how the fighting arena was to the death? It
0: often ended in death because of using real weapons, but most of the time it did not end in death.
5: Okay, so this is because of the new king, I can assume. No,
0: this is the final fight. This is the final time this arena is being used between Rodana and Yen because Rodana is heading back home. So it's a celebration.
5: Okay. Yeah. I'm obviously there to support Keth, but I look very uncomfortable because I don't like just slaughter, and especially for entertainment. Yeah. I don't think that's good, but I'll just look at Keth and just give a very uncertain nod. (laughs) And I feel like
6: as I see uh, the two of them and just kind of look out over the arena itself, my heart is probably starting to pound and I'm starting to get a little, little anxious For now sure. that I know what I know.
0: The announcer begins the fight and Tidal Wave Dan rushes with his spear and tower shield. He jabs at your left shoulder and you deflect it with your shield. How do you respond? I'll, uh, I'll swing overhead with the warhammer. You take your Warhammer and you swing overhead and you do hitting, he gets knocked back about 10 feet. He hits his knee and then launches forward and rushes at you from 10 feet away. He slides with his tower shield looking like a ramp. And as soon as he hits your feet, you flip over him and you land on your back. What's next? Uh, If he tries to turn around and stab at
6: me, I'm just gonna roll out of the way and then try to pop up as soon as I can.
0: All right, so yeah, you you roll out of the way and pop up and prepare for him. And then Tidal Wave Dan tries to attack with a spear, but you knock it to the side, disarming him. He then pulls a short sword to your surprise and stabs at your gut, piercing your lower left abdomen. He seems to be taking advantage of your blind spot. Oh,
6: god, Hmm. So, uh... As soon as I get stabbed, I'm going to go into rage. Okay. And I'm just going to start working my way, like, at him, pushing my shield and slamming my base down. And each, with each hit, like, in my mind, I go back and, like, in time almost, and I'm having these visions of what
0: actually happened the first time that when when the the giant happened. Yeah. And as you push against him, just kind of bashing him as much as you can, he finally finds an opening and knocks your shield to the side. And he, and he does a little fancy flurry of slashes with his short sword, cutting you all over, ripping your skin. You fall to a knee as he backs up. You feel your body burning. What do you do now?
6: How, uh, how fucked up am I? You're pretty fucked up. Oh, God damn it! Oh, why do you have to put me in the figment?
5: Yeah, I'm just yelling from the stands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering my eyes. <laughs>
6: I can't, I can't just run, run away. away he just killed you the homie you can always
3: run away that's to the death
6: though fight or fight
3: to everyone's death uh,
0: uh, and he's kind of like stepped back for a second kind of like watching your next move waiting for you to stand up if you're going to all
6: right i'll uh i'll stand up and i'll just
0: uh i'll just drop my weapons and turn around and start walking out all right you uh You turn around, or you look at him in like a fury, and then just kind of drop your weapons, and you look to your gate and start walking that way. King Maseleon stands up in a rage and says, you better fight! I
3: want to peek through my fingers, like what is happening now?
0: I'll just uh, look up at him and not say anything, and just keep walking. As you get close to the gate, the gate is like slowly opens, and you walk inside. The crowd booze. Oh, Keth, you uh you take some time in the fighting pits or in the training ground area, the resting area, and you just kind of Hoping that people just leave, really. Yeah. And um, you make your way out close to midnight. And Astra and Doroth actually are standing out on the bridge near the fighter's exit. They walk over to you as you approach. And the three of you stand in front of the statue of Keth that was erected in his honor.
3: Hey, big guy. I I
5: saw I saw you out there.
0: Yeah. You saw me.
5: Yeah, you did. You're getting better. Hey, I I think you did the right thing, Keth. I mean, this entire thing was a celebrating peace. Why celebrate peace with death? Yeah, exactly. I'm with her for
3: once.
6: This whole thing is a farce. What do you mean? All of it. Me. Wait. Well, you're the champion. I'm not the champion. You're the. I'm not the giant slayer, and I'll. Pull wait, out my uh, halberd, the giant slaver, and uh, I'll just snap it over my knee and throw it to the wait, ground.
3: Don't be ridiculous. We've we've written songs.
6: Then it's a, a lie, just as my whole life has been. Uh,
3: don't uh, look. I
6: didn't defeat a giant Doroth. Excuse I me. I was the giant. You saw it. Uh, I killed those people. I, uh, Hundreds of them. Their lives lost because of me.
5: Kev, I I don't even think you know that you did this though.
6: I know The the visions back at the the school i i know it was me
5: oh well, that i can't imagine what you're going through but you, you can't blame yourself you had no idea but obviously if you need anything we're here for you but i you know if you need to take some time off take it
6: i won't be fighting in the arena anymore i'll be i'll be in the mansion thank you. Thank you for for coming, guys. I'll just slowly walk past them.
0: Finch, weeks later, you arrive in Gamor. You are greeted by the scene of a large graveyard on the south side of the city. It is well kept, and the headstones are polished with an oil which has them glint in the shining of the sun. Snow has covered the ground near Gamor, but not as bad as it was in Mithron. You head into the city and to the Crimson Hold. The drawbridge is down, and a guard sees your badge and salutes you as you ride by onto the drawbridge. A stable boy stops you at the entrance and takes hold of honor in which you dismount and head deeper into the hold to the main keep. You climb the stairs, knowing your destination, and arrive at the High Captain's chambers. You knock. And the door opens. Well, goddamn, if it isn't Flynn Cartwright. We got your letter that you were heading this way. What is this Crimson Command Post in Yin? We almost didn't believe the message since we'd never heard of the place. He says as he turns around and walks to his desk.
1: Well, yes. It uh, it's, seems that it's been encapsulated in darkness for a very, very long time. And so you just built a Crimson Command Post, huh? Well, uh, I mean, there, there was a little more to it than just that. Um, there's, you know, I mean, there's this, we had to figure out what the city was and what it was about, and, huh. you know, I, I eventually found some people who I trusted and came to uh, see the vision clearly uh, that is the Crimson Command, and I, I did start a post there, yes.
0: All right. Well, let's hear it. Full report
1: of that darkness that's now gone. It's now gone. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Upon entering the darkness, we wandered almost blindly through the ruins of civilizations past, encountering unworldly creatures all along the way. We came upon a city in the light, surrounded by darkness, Yin. This is a city divided, half belonging to the people of Yin, the other by Rodana. They were unaware of existence beyond their borders until we arrived. We were welcomed and helped by a lesser guardian, Fasush. I made it my mission to erect and establish a new Crimson Command outpost, to at the very least bring peace to the line. The men have been trained and left in good hands. After venturing back into the darkness, we eventually arrived at the old Wigister University School of Planar Learning. After many trials and tribulations, we finally came upon the arcane well. Soon after, a battle ensued, and I now have the red and green orbs back in my possession. Seems that our enemies were using the orbs to harness power in hopes of unlocking a book that is now in Felomir's possession. However, it is no ordinary book. It is a prison. I am speaking of the Book of Vorin. The darkness, cold and unforgiving, is now gone. The city of Yen is free. We must push on. Huh, well, what's your next plan? Where do you push on? My party and members and I came to uh, the conclusion that we will next venture to Laron. We, we've heard of many imbalances there. So it seems to be our best lead to find what well, I hope to be the next orb. When do you plan to head out? At the break of winter. Well, do you need anything from the command? Maybe just, you know, the make sure I'm good on rations and arrows and just the uh, just the normal things I think should be fine.
0: Basic needs. You got it. Well, I do have something else for you. He reaches down to a drawer and you hear it open. And he places a small box on the desk. Well, your training mates, Bryn and Rokar, have gone on to become Master Scouts. Bryn has been assigned to the continent of Lunalia, while Rokar, Solaria. Rokar currently is down in Rodana, keeping an eye on this new king that is heading their way to claim the throne. Have a feeling we're going to see a civil war between the loyalists and the nationalists down there. A political nightmare. He opens the box to reveal a new badge. I'm promoting you to Master Scout as well. Based on the status of your missions, I'm not putting you in, in charge of any specific territory, but you will be reporting directly to me from now on. No chain of command. I'm honored. High Captain Gates stands and walks to the other side and acts like he is about to salute, but then he quickly changes to a cross-armed embrace. I'm glad to see you, boy. You're doing good work. That
1: kind of makes me feel things, and I, I say thank you very much. And I, I, I want to say like, something across my face shows some sort of emotion. As you
0: turn to leave his office, you head out of the keep into your father's home. It's been six weeks since you first got back from your journey to Mithron. You haven't left the cottage much. You're feeling quite tired. Every time you look at yourself in the water's reflection of a basin, you see more wrinkles. Thelamir, your hands are becoming frailer. You're not sure if the age is causing your hands to weaken or if it was just the magic you experimented with during that downtime when you first arrived in Yen. But you pushed yourself pretty hard then. Two weeks later, after a lot of rest, you find yourself gaining some strength back though. You actually step out into the winter winds and go for a run every once in a while. Your internal heat from your new tiefling body appears to help fight the cold. Today, while you're out for a jog, something seems off though. You feel like you saw something last night, but not sure what it was. Can't even quite remember. You let it go though, just keep running. That night, you fall asleep. but a crash wakes you up. You turn and look and you see your pocket libraries open on your desk and the door is open to the library. Books fly out like birds and circle you over your bed. You begin to levitate. They start slamming against you and it hurts. Then all of a sudden, the books release, and you fall onto your bed. You quickly sit up, panting and sweating. But the pocket library is closed, and there are no flying books. What? What?
2: What? What, what, just, what just happened? i will just gonna look around, like Where? try to just make sure I'm still in my cottage. Like, oh. was that a vision? need to I need to write this down and I'll just pull out a (laughs) parchment I'll pull out a piece of parchment start jotting it down Felimir keeps a dream journal
0: (laughs) (laughs) so you write it down and you you get yourself ready to go back to sleep but then you hear something again a whisper (sighs) what who's there you look around the room and investigate for that sound. And it seems to be someone talking. Oh, you. you trace the sound to the source. And underneath your desk, a book lies on its face. God damn it.
2: Uh, I will approach the book and uh, I just pick it up and see what it
0: is. You pick it up and look at the cover. It's the Book of Vorin that you recovered while in the Arcane Well, and as you hold it, the whispering stops. Um. God damn it!
2: <laughs> Fucking knew it. <laughs> um. I guess I'm. I'll inspect it, and make sure like it's still locked and everything.
0: Still locked. Everything seems to fine. it. Just somehow got out of your pocket library.
2: <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know how this got here. Maybe all a part of the vision, I guess. And I'll uh, open
0: the pocket library and just put the book back. All right. In its place. You put the book back in its place, close up the pocket library, and you go back to sleep. Finch. The streets of Gamora are busy. You stand in an alley across the street from your father's store. Is it like uh, business
1: hours? Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Are there people in
1: there? Can I tell from outside?
0: doesn't look like there's anybody inside the store, but there's a lot of people just walking the streets. Okay. Um, I will walk in. All right. You walk in. Your father sits in a corner with a wrap around his eyes. He says, Oh, hello. Welcome to the Cartwright General Store. Is there something this blind man can help you find?
1: Is there another chair next to him somewhere? Sure. I'm going to just walk over and sit down.
0: Oh, hello. Who's
1: Who's there? Who are you? Um What's his name? Uh <laughs> Damn. I got to have it written down somewhere. Man, it's probably not going to be in this notebook. It's going to be in the one with mold on it. <laughs>
0: I don't know if it's ever been said, so we can make it up now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what? If someone wants to call us on it later on, then kudos to them. We'll send them a sticker. Ah. Because, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Let me.
3: His name, Tarzan.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm not sure. It would take me a minute. Give me a name. Something Cartwright. Ben. Ben? Uncle Ben.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs>
0: We can go with Ben, i Ben <laughs> I like Ben, sure All right. oh, I'm just, I'm Ben Cartwright The owner of this store, who's this? I, is that, I recognize his voice
1: If you're Ben Cartwright Then who am I? Flynn, is that you? That's what you've been calling me But I'm not sure if it's me anymore
0: He reaches for you trying to like feel your face I'll just let him Flynn, you're back What is this? What are, why are you asking me these questions? Because I know You know
1: what? that you're not my father
0: you see him look down at his lap even though he can't see it. yeah he can't <laughs> see it though uh, what happened to your eye please can we just
1: stick to one subject right now
0: he lowers his head
1: <sighs> how do you know I've had visions visions I've been to a scrying room I've seen the past look I was I was only
0: trying to protect you for my brother's sake your brother yeah, he's um, we're both from Rodana, but I I I couldn't I couldn't live that life anymore. And after he died, who is my father? You are a Cartwright, Flynn, but it's it's not me. I'm your, I'm just your uncle. <laughs> oh no!
3: Oh, he is oh, Uncle man. Ben. <laughs> no.
0: Flynn, your your father was a soldier. His name was. Go to Patreon.
1: Sure. That that's a pretty. I mean, they'll never be used again. But it's a pretty big name. I feel like to drop down.
3: Yeah, you get to be Flynn's dad. (laughs) (laughs) Like actual. Or we get
1: what's uh what's the guy's what's Flynn? Wait, oh wait, no, never mind. I'm already Flynn. I was trying to think of Flynn from Tron.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's an Adam Wright. We'll use Adam Cartwright.
3: Oh. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Okay.
0: Clever. His name's Adam. Adam Adam Cartwright. But I went to check on his wife. And when I found the cottage, it had been ransacked. And I didn't find your mother, but I found you. Who is my mother? Her name was Sarah. And I don't know what happened to her. But that necklace that wasn't your aunt's, but it was hers. It was Sarah's.
1: I'm gonna feel just, like, a surge of just, like... Oh, God, I don't... I want to say anger, but maybe, like, um... Just, like, adrenaline. Like, I had this new rush to get this necklace back now that that I'd totally, like, forgotten about since the beginning of this campaign. Now that, like, I know it... Now that I know it was actually my mom's, like, my real mom's... I don't know, it just... It brings it all flooding back, at least.
0: I I understand... The silence, Flynn. It's it's hard to take in. And I understand your anger towards me. And just take some time. You'll understand. I I believe it.
1: I think I'll slowly stand up. And assuming he stays seated, I'm going to, uh... I'll put, like, my hand on his shoulder. I'll just kind of look down at him for a second. Very mixed emotions. I'll bend down and kiss him on the top of the head.
0: And say that I love you. And I'll turn around and walk out. I love you too. And as you leave the store, right before the door closes, you hear him whimper as he begins to cry, and the door closes behind you. (music) Dorothy, you hang around Difka Kempa for a couple days before finding a caravan heading southeast in which you pay for a ride heading to the capital city of Tempia to visit Televastral's Bardic College of War. About three weeks later, Doroth, you arrive in Tempia. You have a lot weighing on your mind, but something is more frightening to you now more than Oystrich's odd past. Watching him in the arena and then watching him fight Velmir, Keth seems to be changing, and you're not sure why. Between some classes and seminars, you visit the college's library. You spend days in the library, researching lore, and even talk to some of the professors and librarians. The question you approach each of them with is, what could cause a man to burst into flames and grow? Every person suggests a specific spell or suggests a story of legend that doesn't add up. All but one. When you ask Professor Dalvin, he responds with, there is a journal. A journal in the library that was written by a young paladin from Port Haven. It's in section 120-4A, year 120 of the Fourth Age. No one finds that book important, but I think it might have some answers you were looking for. You quickly head to the library. You search for the journal, and the story is written by a Cadius Winsworth. Really now? Reading through many details of this paladin's journey seems impossible. The story seems so far-fetched you are unconvinced. That is until the dedication at the end. The author writes, This story will go on for ages as merely a tale of fiction. But by all accounts, those that survived the Siege of Mestic in Port Haven know that I and my companions Nito, Armand, Dez, and Keth were the ones who rescued Port Haven from Exdolu's destruction.
3: I just want to kind of like stare down
0: at the book Wide eyed. Radams, here is your journal from the previous (gasps) campaign.
3: (laughs) Nice. Oh my god, this is like the whole thing. (laughs) I wrote down this entire campaign. (laughs) Bruh. Oh my god, there's so much reference here. Like, look at this. Oh my god. There's so much here. (laughs) Pages and
0: pages, completely filled. Des Bryant, though.
2: (laughs) 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 I forgot about Des Bryant.
3: Damn, thank you. Am I gonna need this? Oh my god, I'll, right. I'll hold
2: on to it for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's got my name on it, dude. See, this one says Radams, and this one says Ryan A. Like, it's there was a, <laughs> the a, a, evolution, yes, <laughs> the rebirth.
0: Kath, again, you are not sleeping very well on the night before you and Astra head out to the downland harbor to meet up with everyone again. Recently, you wake up several times in a furious sweat throughout the whole night. It's cold outside and inside your manor, but for some reason, you just keep sweating. After tossing and turning all night, you finally feel yourself in a deep slumber. You see darkness. And then you see a fire glow in the distance. And then you hear a voice. Cat? Seek out a car. And you wake up. Oh, it's sunrise.
6: I'll, I'll just look around my room to see if anyone is in there.
0: No one's there. A, a car.
6: Does it uh, ring
0: any bells with me? Not at all. It should. I mean, out of game, maybe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I recognize yeah, the name, but it, I don't remember why. It definitely rings a bell with me. <sighs>
6: and then I'll stand up and start getting ready.
0: Come in. Ah, Doroth Fabe and Kyle.
3: Yes, hi. How are you?
0: I've been looking forward to this.
3: Yes, of course, everyone is.
0: My name is Jedadura, named for our Patreon supporter, Jeddadura.
3: Uh, shouts out to Jedadura. <laughs> We've been friends for years.
0: I'm the guidance counselor here at the Bardic College of Lore in Tempia.
3: Well, I, I'm aware. I've set up an appointment and all of that.
0: Well, I hear you have some concerns. Why don't you come sit and we can discuss?
3: Thank you. I just plop down on the couch. There's a couch, right? Sure, there's yeah. a couch. I'm going to plop down on the couch, throw my feet up.
0: Well, what's, what's going on? What do you need to talk about?
3: I'm just confused. Well, what do you mean?
0: What's going on?
3: Well, originally it was always the, the juxtaposition of art and violence. Like, what, what should I focus on? Because it's always been art for me because that's, that's been my thing, of course, because I'm a bard, right? the All of us should feel this way. But it seems like at every turn, there's this violence. But I don't know. I feel like that's gone to rest, and now there's this, this new curiosity, specifically with my
0: friends. I don't know what's going on. Well, maybe you're emphasizing the violence, feeling an insecurity about your art. What do you mean? Well, I mean, maybe you're focusing on this violence as an excuse to hide your insecurity about your performances
3: are you trying to say that i am not an up-to-par performer
0: well i've never seen you perform so i can't say anything on the subject but how does that make you feel
3: that you've never seen me perform
0: i guess all of it
3: well to be honest everything kind of annoys me
0: well does that annoyance stem from like maybe a friend or a girl or an enemy
3: no what do you know
0: I don't know anything. I'm just asking questions. Has he been here? Who? Talking about me? Dorothy, I think I think you have a problem. Uh, what? Do you have any trust for anyone? Uh, absolutely. I, I Listen, Dorothy, I've never met you in my life. I've never seen you perform. I'm just asking the questions that I should ask to make you reflect on yourself.
3: I have friends, okay? I have a healthy life.
0: I I know. I mean, it sounds like you're on the verge of maybe discovering something about yourself. I
3: I know myself very well, okay?
0: Do you find yourself clashing with your friends?
3: Well, of course. We're all different people. And I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm a unicorn. You don't find people like me very often. Of course I'm going to clash with the common folk.
0: The, I mean, maybe that's a problem there. What? Thinking of them as common folk. Are you not just a person like them? Well, of course not. I'm an artist. Well, listen, Dorothy, you made the appointment. I'm just asking the questions. I just...
3: You're confusing me right now.
0: Well, maybe it's things you haven't talked about before.
3: These aren't the answers I came for.
0: What were the answers you were coming for?
3: I don't know. It was your job to tell me that. I wanted to feel relief, not more confusion.
0: Okay, well, let's do this. Let's make a list of things you find important about you.
3: Okay. Uh, my musical ability. Uh, my storytelling. Humor. Do I have to go on?
0: I, I, until you're ready to the call it quits on the list. I'm ready to stop. Okay, well, then let's do this. I think it would really help me if you can tell me a couple things that you feel bad about. Maybe like an action or two of yours, like a regret. Sure, a regret. Uh,
3: I've made decisions that have negatively negatively affected those close to me.
0: What kind of decisions?
3: I may or may not have led an evil entity directly to our location.
0: Jedidura gets a little wide-eyed. Um, wh- what?
3: You're a therapist. You're supposed to be impartial. I mean... I'm not supposed to see you react like that.
0: I an An evil entity?
3: Yes, it's taken care of. It's fine. We were able to overcome it. It's just... It didn't have to happen that way, and I feel like it was my fault.
0: Huh. Well, maybe that... Is the enemy that maybe stems some insecurity for you?
3: But you don't understand. We defeated him. He's gone.
0: Then why did you need this meeting? I, I was hoping you would tell me that. Huh. Maybe we can talk about it tomorrow. That's all the time I have for today. What? Let's dive a little deeper into those emotions next time, okay? Uh, sh- sure. This is uh, a safe place. This
3: is a, a, a very quick place. <laughs> <laughs> I barely started talking. So, I, well, that's we got to go.
2: <laughs> In and out therapy. Yeah. That'll be 500 gold. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Hi, I'm Stephen Smith, and I play Keth the G- Oh. Keth the Barbarian. He's a half-orc.
3: Oh, no.
4: Mm. <laughs> oh, no.
0: Keth the Giant.
3: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> you head to the Bridge of Champions as the sun finally peaks from the horizon, on your way to the arena training grounds. You take a moment, look at the statue that was erected for your. Any time you say "erected," even when it's about a fucking statue, you just no, no. it throws you off. You know, oh.
3: we're all children inside. Yep.
0: Throwing their left arm straight along their side and bringing their right arm up to their chest with a closed finch on their heart. I think you said finch.
5: Yep. Nope.
0: <laughs> with a closed fist over their heart. That was a bad segue, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a pretty bad segue. Why was it? Did it sound all right?
2: That's fine. Well, it's not
0: a fine. Okay. Are we just going right into that scene? Not yet. Okay, no. that's, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, it's about. going to be a little yeah, mutical.
3: It's, it's a cliffhanger segue.